Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, help us remember how great your faithfulness, faithfulness is when we're not faithful. Lord, you're still faithful. Lord, that in the midst of things around us, when, when we're not being faithful, Lord, and when we're failing, Lord, you're still faithful. So, Lord, remind us to keep our eyes on you, on you, the one that's faithful. Lord, we can look to you and trust you. Lord, we just ask you to continue to work in hearts and lives of people around us and around the world. Lord, just continue to draw people to you. Lord, send people to share your word. Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for your faithfulness to your word. Lord, we just thank you for loving us and for taking care of us. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I had a couple of things I got to take care of, so just excuse me for a minute. Diane, how's Jack doing? He's in great agony. He's a guy, so he's in great agony. Ah, oh, yeah. He had foot surgery. Jack had surgery on his foot, and and uh, it just okay. He's got cuts in three different places, and he should be resting. I heard should. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll keep him in prayer. And I saw Merritt leave. So let's just pray for Jack and Merritt. Heavenly Father, we just pray you be with Jack. And Lord, just uh, touch his foot. Just continue your healing there. Lord, help him to do what he needs to do for that to heal. Lord, we pray that you be with Merritt. Lord, just watch over him. And just help his stomach to feel better, Lord. Just uh, just heal his stomach and help him to be able to eat and feel normal. Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Last week we talked about an enemy, and today we're going to talk a little bit about how to fight the enemy. You know, it's one thing to have an enemy. Of course, I, I believe, first of all, you've got to acknowledge there is an enemy. If you don't think there's an enemy, you're not going to fight him, and so, you know, you're probably just going to fall a victim to that. But we live in a time when temptation is everywhere. Temptation is just at our fingertips. Well, it's actually at our fingertips. <laughs> you know, we can, we can bring it right to our phone. I mean, we can just bring things right to ourself real quick and all kinds of things. So temptation is everywhere, and it's always just always around us, and easily available, easily available, more so than it was years ago, you know. But that's, that's just the time we live in. Um, you know, just because it's available, there's always excuses for sin. You know, there's always excuses for falling into temptation. Sometimes we think we deserve it. You know, we deserve certain things. You know, we, we, we deserve things, so we ought to just be able to do it just because I deserve it. Or sometimes we say, well, you know, nobody's perfect. No, nobody. So, you know, why not sin? Nobody's, ever, nobody's perfect. We, you know, I heard the pastor say, we've all sinned and come short, so what's the big deal? Let's just sin. God forgives us, and everybody's okay. Yeah, that's just a lie from the enemy, you know. That sometimes the excuse is, well, nobody will ever know. Nobody will ever know. The reality is God always knows. He says his eyes are everywhere, seeing both good and evil, so he always knows. And so we have all kinds of excuses for our flesh, for temptation, you know. A lot of things that, that happen in our lives is just us giving in to our flesh, giving in to temptation. We don't even need a devil. 
you know, he, we, we can do well on ourselves by ourselves. But we do have an enemy. And I believe that at times, this, or not at times, but I believe this enemy has helpers. The Bible calls them demons. You know, there's helpers, so he can have help doing all this work. And, you know, he'll, he'll encourage our flesh. Sometimes, sometimes he just encourages our flesh. I think he just encourages us to take another step. Sometimes he'll send people to encourage us. You know, he'll work through people. Um, Satan works in, in various ways. Um, always trying to draw us away. Um, sometimes it'll be a full-out attack. You know, the Bible says he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So, so we have all these things going. Now, the big question is, well, what do, what do we do? Are we just uh, kind of just victims of what goes on around us? And, and sometimes I think we can kind of act like victims or think like victims, like, well, there's no help, you know. Satan's always at work to draw us away from God. And when he draws us away from God, one of the things he'll do is draw us away from fellowship. I'm amazed how strong people are nowadays. They come to church, they get saved, and they're good to go the rest of their life. They don't need fellowship. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. I think, wow, how weak I am. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't come today just because I'm the pastor. I come because I need fellowship. You know, I need fellowship. I need encouraged. I need help. I need to hear God's word. You know, I need that. I'm just amazed how strong some people are, that they just don't need that. It amazes me, you know. Um, Satan, I believe, wants us to stop. He wants to stop the plans of God. He wants to stop us from worshiping, witnessing, and serving. If he can neutralize us, it's it's a success. You know, if he can just get us to do nothing, that's a victory for him. And, you know, he wants to destroy us. He wants to work against us, against us to take us out. So what do we do? Are we just victims? I think sometimes we get to thinking we're victims. Even, even when it comes to, I was thinking about it during worship. I was thinking about sometimes, you know, in our society, in our country, we almost feel like, well, we're just victims. We're just, we're just kind of hopeless in this terrible world around us. You know, it's all falling apart. Our country's falling apart. Oh, my, what do we do? You know, well, as Christians, we better stand up. We're more than conquerors. You know, greater is he that's in me that's in the world. We need to start living that way, acting that way. You know, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Why, why do I feel like everything's a mess? I mean, a mess from the standpoint that it can be a mess around us, but God's got a plan. God's got a plan. And we never should never get away from that. It's easy to do because you look at everything going on. You think, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? It's so bad. It's so bad. Do you think God's doing that in heaven? You think God's in heaven going, oh, it is so bad. I don't know what we're going to do. You know, you better hope he's not. (laughs) You know, but he's not. You know, he's faithful. Great is his faithfulness. Great is his, when we're not faithful, he's still faithful. Great is his faithfulness. So we look to him. We look to him. What do we do? What do we do when Satan comes against us? First and foremost, I hope you get tired of hearing this from me, but we need to know the word of God. You need to know it. 
And you can't know it unless you read it. You can't know it unless you read it. In Deuteronomy, the uh, sixth chapter, starting at the first verse, it says, Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God, keep all of his statutes and his commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged. He says, these, these are the commands and the statutes. These are the word of God given to you. And he says, you need to keep them. You need to keep them. And he says, I command them to your son, to your grandson, all the days of your life. To the next generation and generation and generation. I was just thinking, and I don't say this all, but you know, it's, it's kind of neat. Today, I've got f- three other generations besides me and our family here today. From generation to generation to generation. We need to listen to the word of God. We need to keep his commandments. And then down in verse 7. Down in verse 7. He says, teach them diligently to your children. Talk of them. Talk of them um, when you sit in your home. When you walk by the way. When you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. You do it to your kids are sick of it. That's what they're going to tell you. That's what they're going to tell you. Oh, my God, is that all you got to talk about? Yes. I mean, you talk about when you're walking, when you're sitting. You write it on your doorpost. You put it in your house. You put, you put stuff all over your house, says the Word of God. When they wake up, they see it. Somebody got after me one time and said, you trying to brainwash those kids? Absolutely. Their brains are dirty. They need washed. You know, washed by the blood. That's right. But, but you know, it says that's what the word of God should mean to us. You know, we, we keep it in front of us. We keep it in front of us so we see it. Why? Because we forget. You know, we forget. We forget his blessings. We forget that he is faithful. We need to have reminders. Reminders. And so, so the word of God, we have to have it inside of us. It's a part of us. It's a part of us. Jesus, when he was tempted, he knew what the word of God was. It wasn't just because he was God's son. He knew the word. Turn to Matthew, the fourth chapter. In Matthew, the fourth chapter, After Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We don't live by bread alone. We live based on the word of God and everything that he says. That's what gives us life. That's what helps us to be able to stand against the schemes of the enemy. Only if we know his word. If you don't know his word, you don't know what to say. You know, that's why it's important. You need to know what the word of God says. We got to get it inside of us. And then Satan comes and he wants to deceive us. Deception. Half-truths. Half-truths. I just listened. um, They advertised a program last night on TV. I think it's on tonight. A new program called God Friended Me. 
And it's about, I don't know what it's about for sure. As I watched this little thing and saw it, it sounds like somebody speaks for God and God goes around and does things. I don't know nothing about this show, okay? Nothing, zero, zero. But I want to tell you something. If you watch it, be careful. Because there's a great chance it's not based on the Word of God. It's going to be filled with half-truths. And if you sit there and watch it, and if you do, just remember, you're probably trying to be deceived. And I don't know nothing about it. That's just a guess. Okay? We've got to be careful. You know, we've got to be careful. Half-truths. Well, it sounds good. Well, yeah, I think God would be like that. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter. We need to know what the Word of God says. And so deception, and it, later on in the Matthew, the fourth chapter, beginning at the fifth verse, the devil took him up, Jesus, up onto the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said again, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, it is written. We have to know what the Word of God says. Who are you? People are all trying to find out who they are. Find out what God says about who you are. Know what He says. Don't listen to everybody else. People are going to lie to you. Some of them are going to tell you what, they wanna, what you want to hear. Some of them are just going to flat out lie to you and tell you you're worthless and no good. You need to know what God's Word says. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We need to know what the word of God says about us so that we can stand against these attacks of the enemies, of the enemy. And we have to resist. If you put up no resistance to the enemy, he's going to come in. In James, the fourth chapter. James, the fourth chapter. Beginning at the, um, or the seventh verse. It says, resist the devil and he will flee. Resist. Resist. Resist the devil and he will flee. If you put up no resistance, he will stay. Resist him and he will flee. I may be saying, well, the devil can't. Well, resist him. Put up Resistance. Know the Word of God. Put up the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? Resist Him. Don't just give in to it. Oh, yeah, well, I suppose that's true. Resist Him. Put up resistance to when He comes to attack. You have to resist Him. If there's no resistance, He'll come right after you. He'll come right after you. Also, we need to arm ourselves for battle. You know, when most people go to battle, they arm themselves. You know, in a lot of practical ways, if you don't, you're just foolish. You know, you're foolish. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, the tenth verse. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Okay, it's be strong in him and the power of his might. Doesn't say you be strong. Be strong in him and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. God knows we're in a fight, so he gave us armor. You know, okay, if I'm in a fight, isn't it nice that somebody provides me the armor? Okay, put on the whole armor, that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the schemes of the devil. 
For we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. We don't fight against people. We fight against the evil in them. Hard to separate sometimes. Hard to separate. But you got to know that it's not against people, but it's against the evil in them. Now, when you stand against the evil in people, they'll think you're standing against them. I, they, that's what they think. But you can maybe, if you have time, you can clarify it and say, no, I don't have a problem with you. I have a problem with the evil in you. Or what you're doing is not right. It's not you. It's what you're doing is not right. You know, so, and, and a lot of times when we discipline our children, we want to make sure that we clarify that with our children. That you don't, not like them, but you will not allow the evil in them. And so you stand against the evil, but you don't put them down. So we stand against evil. We don't fight against flesh and blood. Rulers of darkness of this age. Spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. There's darkness around us. The darkness of, you know, back then he said the darkness of this age. Well, we've got darkness around us now. You know, we have evil all around. And it says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. That you can do all you can to stand. And then it says, and stand. Sometimes when you, when you want to do something and you want to get something done, sometimes you just got to stand. You got to stand and trust God. You just got to stand and trust him. Because sometimes when I start doing stuff, I do it in my own strength instead of just trusting him. So sometimes you just stand. So you put on your armor and you stand. It says, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. You put on the truth. What's the truth? Put on the truth. God's word is true. Let God be true and every man a liar. So we put on the truth. We put on the breastplate of righteousness. We shot our feet with a preparation of the gospel of peace. We bring the gospel. It's a gospel of peace. We bring a gospel of peace, but it doesn't always meet peaceful people. But it's a gospel of peace. But it doesn't always result in peace. Jesus says, I've come to bring a sword. So sometimes when you bring a gospel of peace, there stirs things up. Sometimes it causes division. Causes things, causes things to stir. My personal example, my personal thing is, feeling and things I've seen and experience is, you can bring the gospel of peace, but when you bring the gospel, it will stir up the forces of evil. It will stir things up, depending on just where it goes. Above all, take the shield of faith, with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So as the enemy's shooting darts at us, he's shooting accusations, he's shooting things at us to kill, steal, and destroy. He says, hold up your faith to quench those darts. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. There, there again, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Our weapon is the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. The thing that we use is the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Pray at all times. Pray, pray, pray. Why? Because prayer is talking to your Father. He's talking to the one who's able. The one that brings the answer. We talk to him. Why? Because we're in a fight. We want to hear what he says. We want to bring our requests to him. And we want to hear what he says. Pray. Pray in the spirit. When you don't know how to pray, you pray in the spirit. 
being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So, we don't fight defenseless. We're not helpless little Christians. We serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We serve the one who is able, who has the name above all names. He is the answer for every problem. He's the one. We're not, we're not just weak. You know, sometimes we just, oh, you know, we're not. We, we serve a king, and he's in charge. Now, would I admit that sometimes if I look around, it looks like he's not in charge? Absolutely. Sometimes I look around, and I think, oh, my, God, God, you know. For one thing, people aren't letting you be in charge. That's for sure. But just because they're not letting me in charge don't mean he's still not in charge. Then why doesn't he do something? He will. He will. He'll act. He'll act when it's, when it's the right time. Sometimes he lets us get to a certain point and then he steps in. But he will act. You know, sometimes it seems like he won't. Here's the hard part. Sometimes it's been generation or generation before it really seemed like he acted. I may not see him act like I think he might act, but he will. He will. And in the meantime, he always wants to change hearts one at a time. Always. That's a given. You know, sometimes he'll change a nation. Sometimes he'll do big things. But he always wants to change a heart one at a time. He always wants to reach another person. So we don't fight defenseless, and we use the name of Jesus. We use the name of Jesus. He has all the authority. In Matthew 20, he says, all authority has been given to me. Now you go. Now you go. We go what? We go in that authority. I don't go in my own strength. You know, there were some guys tried that one time. They saw, some, they saw Paul cast out demons and say, hey, that looks cool. Let's try that. So they tried to use the name of Jesus, and the demon said, well, we know Paul, and we know Jesus, but we don't know you, and threw him out. So we go in the authority of his name, his name. In Acts 3, Peter and John, they went to the temple, and in verse... Um, I'm going to skip down to um, verse 7. They, they found a lame man, and then, you know, he wanted, he wanted money from him. He wanted something. You know, he wanted money. And they gave the, his attention, and Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. He said, Well, I'm sorry. I don't have any money. He says, But what I do have, I'll give you. He says, But I've got something. And what I have, I'll give you. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise and walk. Now, that's one thing. Number two, Peter believed it enough that he took the man by his right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. It's a one thing to pray. It's another thing to reach out and help him up. Just just throwing that out there. You know, sometimes we pray and I think we need to reach out and do something. You know, but it's all in the name of Jesus. It's all in his name, in his name. Um, I want to turn to Matthew, the 16th chapter. 
Matthew, the 16th chapter, the 17th verse. It says, and these signs will follow those who believe. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Why? In his name. In his name. In his name. We need to use his name. In the name of Jesus. We pray in the name of Jesus. We take authority over demonic activity in the name of Jesus. We cast out demons in the name of Jesus. We take authority over things in our life that are, that are bringing us down in the name of Jesus. We use the name of Jesus in his name. It's our power and our authority. It's our power and our authority. He's given it to us. He's given it to us. He says, these are, these are for you. You use them. I wonder how many times we pray and we ask God for something. He goes, look, I already gave you the power and the authority. What are you even asking me for? I don't think he says it like that, but that was me. I put That was me. But, you know, I wonder about that. He said, you go in my authority, in my name, and go do this. And we go, well, I prayed, and I don't know. Didn't seem like, you know, he says, use in my authority, in my name, do this. We're to do it. I don't think we're always to ask him, ask him to do something he's already told us to do. I don't know. I wonder about that. I just wonder. You know, he told Peter, he says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. I give, what did he say? I give it to you. Now, just to Peter? No, he gave it to the church. Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. We have authority. And we think, oh, I don't know. I hope God does something. I wonder if he ever hopes we do something. I just wonder, you know. I hope, I hope God, well, what, what are we doing? We have all the authority, the name above all names. When Satan attacks, we've got, we've got everything we need. Got everything. We're not defeated. We're victors. We're victors. We're more than conquerors. You know, we need to, you know, sometimes we need to see who we really are. How do you see yourself? Well, I can't make any difference. Why not? If you've got all power and all authority from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, why can't you do anything? Why not? Why not? You know, I, I have to tell a story now. As I close, Bob, I looked at Bob and reminded me. Talk about faith. Went to Herzl's canning facility. And I asked him for some tomatoes, juice and sauces and spaghetti sauce to send to Kentucky. And he said, okay, yeah, we'll do that. He said, um, sometimes, you know, we give semi-loads away. Oh, no, no. You know, we don't want that much. You know, we just want a little bit. You know, to send down here. I was telling Bob, and Bob said, "What's the matter with you?" <laughs> he goes, "What's the matter with you? Where's your faith?" And I went, "Well, for ten cases." <laughs> now, when I go back next time, we're gonna go for a semi low. But, but you know, isn't that how we are sometimes as Christians? 
you know, God wants to give us a semi-load and I say, eh, we'll take 10 cases. I don't know, you know. I just, wow. But isn't that, isn't that how we are? Isn't that how we are? Wow. Here we are. It's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and we're, we're, we're settling for less, you know, because we're more than conquerors. Yeah, there's an enemy. We know there's an enemy. We need to know about the enemy. We need to know his tactics. But he's defeated. He's defeated based upon us. Us. Jesus defeated him on the cross. Okay? He's still here until Jesus comes back and then he's done forever. Okay? But in the meantime, he's still at work trying to get people. Okay? But for us, we need to know that we're more than conquerors. We need to resist him. We need to stand against him. And when you take a stand and you got to figure he's going to come after you because we're in a fight and that's okay. We're in a fight. And so we've got all the weapons and everything we need to defeat him and especially his word. But you got to read it to know it, to use it. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that we can be a aware and have knowledge that there is an enemy out to get us, out to steal, destroy, kill us. Lord, but you've made us more than conquerors. You've given us everything we need to resist and stand against that enemy. So, Lord, help us to use the weapons you give us. Help us to take a stand. Lord, we take a stand and stand for truth and what is right. Lord, give us, give us faith in you. Thank you for your faithfulness to us, even when we're not faithful. Lord, we just ask you to just uh, be with us now. Lord, if anyone has a need for prayer, encourage them to come up and let the prayer team pray for them. Lord, we just ask you to be with us. Help us to go forth, to go forth victorious in what you've done for us. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. We do pick